Candy stopped, with one front paw slightly raised. Her head turned toward her would-be attacker, looking like a pointer. When Candy did not run or even flinch, the dog slowed his pace and came to a halt. Candy did not move, did not make a sound, did not even bristle up one hair. She simply stood her ground in the same position and stared at the now-not-so-sure-of-himself doggy. This went on for a short time, and finally the Rottweiler whined pathetically, backed up, and ran behind my car parked in the driveway. Candy then resumed her trek up through the lawn, slowly taking her time. Brenda and I watched this episode in amazement and thought to ourselves, what a cool cat. Artis, one of our parishioners, offered this neat analysis. If Candy could have talked, she would have said, Okay, mud, make my day. We echo a hearty amen, and yes, there was a happy ending for the dog. Calls to the state police and the dog catcher proved futile, but thankfully his owner came looking for him later in the day. Blue, as he was called, was very happy to see his master. Until she arrived, Blue went to a spot near the garage and kept a wary eye out for dirty candy. It seems that he had a habit of taking off from the farm his master owned up the valley near our home. If no one was around, Blue went looking for companionship. We just happened to be the lucky ones this time. Candy became known as the Parsonage Cat, because she spent a lot of time in the house playing with the former minister's children. One of our regular members, Bob Riddell, actually coined the name and kiddingly told us when my wife Brenda and I moved in that now Candy was our cat. There was a lot of truth in that because it didn't take long for us to become very fond of Candy, and we enjoyed caring for her with love, food, and some medicine. She had her first litter shortly afterwards, and we were blessed with five little kittens that Candy was more than willing to share with us. Brenda had fun naming them. All females as follows, Smoky, Tycho, Charcoal, Coco, and Tigger. Smoky, a black cat with some gold spattering throughout and a beige spot on her right front foot, was Brenda's favorite. Smoky made many trips into the parsonage, usually to see me in my study. Brenda would plop her down in the middle of my desk, and Smoky would promptly remove the pens from my pocket. She was quite adept at it, using her front paws or her teeth. She then pushed them around my desk and off the edge if I let her. We often talked about bringing her inside permanently, but never got around to it. We enjoyed watching the kittens grow, and as we showered them with attention, they claimed our back porch as their home. Each night they would curl up beside the trash can against the back of the house, all huddled together. In the morning... Candy would usually be gone when we opened the door, and the kittens would hurry to greet us. We fed them dried cat food after they were old enough to eat it, and they dug into it like there was no tomorrow. They were equally eager when their mom nursed them, and they seemed to have their own favorite feeding spot on her belly. Candy brought them other food as well. I remember Brenda's reaction one day as she was watching the kittens out the back door. She yelled to me in the kitchen, Claire, Candy has a mouse. Is it dead or alive? I'm not sure. I think it's dead. Which one is she giving it to?
Smoky. Yuck. I laughed out loud. I'm glad you think it's funny. It's all part of their learning process, I protested. She will do this for each one of them. What's the next step in the process? Brenda wanted to know. Live ones. For them to kill. Gross. I laugh again, getting a kick out of my city girl's exposure to more country life. And sure enough, there was a parade of mice, ground moles, and chipmunks for these little someday hunters to practice on. It amazed Brenda how Candy would single out the kitten to which she gave the prey, and then keep the others away. I explained that they all had to learn, and that Candy would see to it that each one did. The cat is a very intelligent animal, and despite some early beliefs to the contrary, its brain is the closest in shape.